a KJAC Radio production. Hello, KJAC listeners. I'm Alex Solomon, and on the show this week, we're doing something a little different. Instead of a mixtape, this week I'm coming at you with an album review to commemorate the 40th anniversary of Phil Collins' debut solo album, Face Value, which was released on February 13th, 1981. In line with the other mixtapes I've done, for the purposes of this review, I'm going to be talking about how the album was uh, received, how it performed on the charts, talk about uh, its singles on the album, and I'm just going to talk about, you know, all of the things that I love about this album, so I really hope that you enjoy this review. Face Value was a notable departure from Phil Collins' previous studio work with Genesis, which was a lot of, up to this point, uh, progr- uh, progressive rock and art rock and a little bit of, you know, moving into pop rock towards the later 70s with tracks like Follow You, Follow Me. This album still has elements of art rock in it, but it also kind of incorporates R&B and pop rock in a way that wasn't really seen before, and it kind of was the first symbol of a marked departure and uh, difference between Phil's studio work with Genesis and his solo work. Face Value's probably most significant to me in the sense that it was his first departure from his earlier work with Genesis, and it also showcased his influences, which kind of were prevalent in all of his solo work. Um, both with his per- in regards to his personal life and his uh, love of Motown kind of music and, you know, R&B and pop. And so he'd cover in 1982, You Can't Hurry Love, from the Supremes. And he went on to write some songs with Lamont Dozier. And both the Supremes and Lamont Dozier proved to be very uh, clearly and strongly influential on his solo work. On this album in particular, I think those influences come through a lot on the singles I Missed Again and If Leaving Me Is Easy. Where Genesis tends to lean more art rock, Phil Collins tends to lean more rhythm and blues, and this is no more prevalent than in his rendition of Behind the Lines in this album, which was first done by Genesis. In terms of record sales, face value... Was, was definitely no uh, pushover. It went platinum in Argentina, platinum in Austria, platinum in Belgium, diamond in Canada, twice platinum in France, seven times gold in Germany, and, you know, one of the best-selling albums in Germany with uh, almost two million units sold. Uh, was certified gold in Hong Kong, twice platinum in the Netherlands, Gold in New Zealand, platinum in Spain, twice platinum in Switzerland, five times platinum in the UK and in the United States. This was a very successful album in terms of just sheer record sales. The album itself charted in quite a few countries. In the UK, Canada, and Sweden, it topped the album charts across the board. In Switzerland, Germany, and Australia, the album charted at number two. On the U.S. Billboard 200, it charted at number 7. All Music, Encyclopedia of Popular Music, and Record Mirror all gave this album 5 stars out of 5 stars.
Pop Matters gave it a 9 out of 10. Rolling Stone gave it a 3 out of 5. This was a very popular album in terms of its critical reception even. And uh, a lot of the uh, positive comments about this album come from the raw emotion and kind of angst that Collins would later be criticized for, but at the time of face value, it was so raw because of the struggles he was going through. It was kind of like uh, an open letter to the world of what he was feeling, and what he was feeling happened to be something that spoke to a lot of people. You know, a lot of people get divorced, a lot of people have hardships, a lot of people have heartache, and this really spoke to all of those people in a way that was very artistic, you know. A lot of people dive into these kind of problems and their grief in ways that are destructive, and this was a way that was very creative and uh, almost rebuilding and rejuvenating, uh, I think, probably both for Collins and the world. And I think the most interesting thing to me is that not all of these songs are even all of that sad. Uh, I Missed Again was originally, in the demo version, a much darker, much sadder tune. And on the official album version, it's a lot more upbeat. There's a lot of tracks that are very like R&B, very jazzy, very upbeat. And those tracks definitely steal the show for me just as much as the more somber tracks. Like, there's no, there's not a single song on this album that I don't personally love. And I always find that I think part of what makes a great album is both thematic juxtaposition, you know, the juxtaposition of sound, just juxtaposition in general. You want things that aren't all completely the same. You want to kind of see diversity in the sounds and in the energy. Um, and even though, you know, they're all great songs, they have that all going for them. They all have something unique to each specific song to offer. Uh, one of my favorite tracks on this album that I don't think gets a lot of love is Hand in Hand because it's a completely instrumental track. Like, there's no uh, lyrics in the song, but it's just one of the best instrumental tracks I've ever heard. There's so much just artistic value in this particular album. Like, you can tell that he had a lot of fun making songs like Thunder and Lightning and Hand in Hand. You could kind of tell that he probably, I don't know, maybe broke a few <laughs> sets of drumsticks uh, playing In the Air Tonight, you know? There's the kind of somberness of, uh, you know what I mean? There's uh, kind of this almost hopeful vibe from This Must Be Love. So all of these songs kind of have this different vibe to them. And it's weird because even though they're such different vibes, they all kind of jive together and it's the, the album really flows. You know, I really, I can't say enough good things about this album, really. Now I want to talk about the singles a little bit. In the Air Tonight's an interesting one in terms of chart performance because it charted in nine different years. It charted in 1981, 1984, 1988, 1989, 2007, 2008, 2012, 
2017, and as recently as 2020 in different countries and charts. But specifically, in 1981, this charted uh, just across the board, you know, it just... Number one in Austria, number one in Germany, number one in Sweden, number one in Switzerland, number two on the UK singles chart, number 19 on the US Billboard Hot 100, number two on the US Mainstream Rock Billboard chart. You know, this was a, this was a really popular song, and it remains Collins' signature song. And I, I just always love that every time he explains it, he says that he doesn't even know what the song means. And he hears all of the conspiracy theories and urban legends about what the song means. And he, it just seems like this was something that just came from a place of a lot of pain and a lot of frustration. And I don't think it really needs much explanation beyond that. I can listen to this song really angry or really happy, and I always like it, but depending on the mood I'm, you know, in at the time, the song always hits me a little different. This one was used in a couple of episodes of Miami Vice and some pretty pivotal scenes. This one's been used in movies. This one's just, you know, definitely become a big uh, amongst my generation for internet memes, you know, with people taking different videos and kind of recreating the drum roll around the three minute and 40 second mark. It's a really impactful song. And, you know, like I said, you can listen to it when you're sad. You can listen to it when you're happy. You can listen to it when you're angry. And it's always going to be a good sounding song, but you're going to have a different experience with it every time. It's it's one that has, it, it's a song that has quite a bit of uh, replay, re-listen value in my mind. I Missed Again is kind of, kind of a strange one for this album because, again, a lot of the comments about this album is that it's dark and gritty and grimy and kind of moody and angsty. And this song started out that way, but, you know, by the time it makes it to the album, it's, it, it, it's kind of cheerful. If you watch the music video for this video, it's it, for this song. It's, it's interesting because it's just Phil playing around, you know, he, him miming, playing different instruments, him dancing around, him singing, him having a good time. And that's, you know, definitely a marked departure from the music video to In the Air Tonight, which is very, you know, cinematic and dark and angsty and everything that, you know, you expect when you put on face value. This song in particular, I missed again, uh, charted at number 19 on the Billboard Hot 100 and the Cashbox Hot 100, uh, charted at number 6 on the Billboard Hot Mainstream Rock Tracks chart, and it charted at number six in Canada. This was a really successful song as well. I like the jazzy kind of sounds in this song a lot. It's got that pop rock jazz fusion kind of sound to it. And, you know, In the Air Tonight was kind of more soft rock. This track is kind of uh, pop rock. And I feel like soft rock is a little bit closer to the progressive rock and art rock stuff that Phil Collins was doing with Genesis than I Missed Again is. I feel like I Missed Again kind of pioneers um, what his solo career would kind of become. Like he, he, he liked a lot of the jazzier kind of R&B 
uh, pop sounds. And those dominated the 80s, they dominated the charts, and they certainly dominated his career. And so I think this is kind of interesting as like a milestone or watershed moment in his career because it kind of foreshadows everything that's to come in a very fantastic career. If Leaving Me Is Easy was an interesting uh, single from him because this one didn't perform as well in the charts as the previous two. It only reached uh, 17 on the UK singles chart and 61 on the German singles chart. But this one kind of marked the beginning of his collaborations with Eric Clapton. This was his first of uh, two Phil Collins singles that featured Eric Clapton. The other would be I Wish It Would Rain Down from But Seriously in 1989. But um, Eric Clapton plays the guitar in If Leaving Me Is Easy. He also contributed some uh, dobro for The Roof Is Leaking, but it wasn't used on the final recording. This is definitely like the sad song of this album. It's, you know, the, the kind of light, you know, smoother R&B with a very somber tone to it and a kind of like lighter rock feel to it. This is also probably one of like the more controversial, uh, or I wouldn't say controversial so much as kind of artistic and high profile kind of um, performances that he's given uh, for in terms of live performances because he performed the song on Top of the Pops with a bucket of paint and paintbrush on top of his electric piano, which was a reference to his first wife's affair with a painter and decorator. So that was definitely an interesting artistic choice and uh, probably one of uh, his more uh, famous kind of uh, solo performances in terms of you know his live performances. He did a lot of really interesting things in his career, but he certainly kind of kicked off his solo career with a bang with these singles. Have you listened to Face Value? If you haven't, you can find it in a lot of places. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on YouTube Music. I'm sure it's probably on Amazon. You know, if you haven't listened to this album yet, definitely give it a listen. It's 40 years old, but, you know, the, the emotions in the album, I think, are as prevalent and relevant to a lot of people today as they ever are. You know, these themes of love and loss and hope and, you know, heartbreak, they're, they're universal themes. They transcend the decades, and we're always going to be feeling them, you know, as long as we're human. So if you like kind of more uh, smoother listening, I'd recommend it. I listen to this album a lot when I'm sad. And it puts me in a good mood. Um, maybe, the, maybe the reason we listen to sad music when we're sad isn't so that like we can be more sad, but so that we know that somebody else understands. And I think that's why this particular album has had such an impact on me personally, because whether I've had you know run into troubles with uh, relationships or dating or you know, my career or my professional life, if I feel uncertainty, this is the album I turn on and, you know, just play through just to get my head on right. 
This is probably my personal all-time favorite album, and I would recommend it to anyone, you know. Anyone's looking for an album to listen to, this is probably going to be the first one or one of the first couple that I recommend. So if you haven't listened to it, definitely give it a listen. I really like this album. I hope that you listen to it, and I hope that you enjoy it as well. I'm Alex Holloman. This has been an unconventional uh, impromptu uh, album review, and we'll be returning next week with more mixtapes. Have a good one.